From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham, AX4BB. Yes, it's Australia Day. Under a permanent agreement with the Australian Communications and Media Authority, the ACMA, all Australian radio amateurs may use the alternate AX call sign instead of VK today, Australia Day, Jan 26. This day marks the first fleet's arrival in 1788 at Sydney Cove, the establishment of a European settlement at Port Jackson with the raising of the British flag by Governor Arthur Phillip. But we know the Dutch were here well beforehand and now maybe another of our European cousins even beat them. You see, it's come to light that a tiny prayer book could upend the conventional wisdom about the European discovery of Australia. A medieval Portuguese manuscript that appears to contain a drawing of a kangaroo curled into the letter D. The manuscript, owned by a nun, is believed to date between 1580 and 1620, which means it just might predate a 1606 Dutch voyage to the island continent that's long been considered the first European visit. Great Melbourne Telescope Restoration Project. Think of it as a nine-ton Meccano set, Jim Pollock told the Sydney Morning Herald when speaking of the vast and weather-beaten collection of pieces that once comprised the biggest steerable reflective telescope in the world. It was called the Great Melbourne Telescope, the GMT, and thanks to a $70,000 grant, the grand project of the Astronomical Society of Victoria to restore this ancient window to the heavens is going full speed ahead into 2014. When the telescope was completed in late 1869, it was set in place first, and then the four walls of the GMT house built around it, with the novel roll-off roof itself, a historical artefact, being added last. When the telescope was moved to Mount Stromlo near Canberra at the end of World War II, the two piers were demolished down to floor level. To return the telescope to the GMT house will therefore involve rebuilding the two piers before the mounting and telescope itself are replaced. Bees have chip on shoulder. A well-first CSIRO study will fit the insects with the e-tags that monitor their movements. CSIRO scientists are putting thousands of tracking devices the size of a grain of rice on Australian bees. The sensors work like e-tags, telling scientists where the bees are travelling. It should help farmers boost the bees' productivity, ensure the insect populations are healthy and the impact of changes in their environment. It is also hoped the research will provide vital information on what is causing the dramatic decline in bee populations around the world. Move over, jobs and gates. Brisbane duo Ken Mackin and Hugh Geiger are counting on a rush to buy their cloud phone a one-button cell phone. It won't hit the marketplace until August at the earliest, but confident of a success, particularly with the age they are. Cloudphone has been touted as a life-saving device. It has one button and doesn't have a screen. It's a voice-controlled phone worn around the neck. It has a 10-day battery and can make calls to designated contacts, track the movement and location of wearers, and even detect if they've taken a tumble. If that occurs, the cloud phone asks the user if they're okay, and if the person says they are injured or doesn't reply, the device sends an emergency alert to saved contact smartphones, and if that fails, it can be programmed to ring triple zero. Penalties for West Australian landowners who fail to maintain their private power poles have been flagged by the Emergency Services Minister and West Australia's fire boss. Sunday week's devastating blaze which destroyed 52 homes is believed to have been started by a fallen power pole on a private property. 
Minister Joe Francis and Department of Fire and Emergency Services Commissioner Wayne Gregson said, given the speculation of cause of the blaze, and I enforce speculation, it could be time to start looking at measures to enforce landowners to maintain private power poles, possibly introducing penalties. Laws to regulate the upkeep of those poles will be scrutinised when the bushfire is reviewed by authorities. Still in West Australia, we have previously mentioned the early January Linux conference in Perth. Well, one of those presenters has been dubbed Australia's geekiest man and a cyborg in progress. Enter radio amateur Jonathan Oxer, VK3FADO. John has been hacking on both hardware and software since he was a little tacker. A little tacker of a hacker. John as part of his Superhouse Home Automation series, has taken keyless entry to an all-new level by embedding an RFID tag into his arm. He did this himself using a VETS chipping tool. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 147FM at 9am local Every Sunday morning. I'm Bob, VK5NZ. VK1WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Hi, here's my promised update on traders at Wyong Field Day. Not all are fully registered as yet, but the ones that are, are as follows. Andrews Communications, Radio Supply, JCAR, Softmark, RF Solutions, Crotech, and as mentioned before, ICOM Australia will also be at Wyong. Our current exhibitors list includes the following, in no particular order. The Summits on the Air Group, the Historical Radio Society, the Australian Radio DX Club, Alara, the Hornsby and District ARC, Wyson, AMSAT VK, Westlakes Amateur Radio Club, and the WIA QSL Bureau. Seminars on the Sunday are, starting at 9.15am, Andrew VK2UH and Andrew VK1NAM will present a lecture on summits on the air in Australia. Following this, at 10am, we have Ray Robinson from the Historical Radio Society with a special lecture on the AWA centenary entitled 100 Years of Military Radio Production. At 11am, Brian Clark, VK2GCE, will give an in-depth lecture on electromagnetic compatibility. The VHF-UHF Week Signal Group will have their annual meeting over lunchtime from 12 till 12.45. And at 1pm, David Berger, VK2CZ, finishes up the day's programme with a lecture on gigantic Yagi antennas. Please refer to the Wyong Field Day page on the club website at ccarc.org.au for everything you need to know about the Wyong Field Day, how to get there and what you'll find when you get there. One last point. Positions are filling fast for the Foundation Licence course on Saturday 22nd of February at Wyong, so get your application as soon as you can. Details, you've guessed it, on the club website. Whether it's seeking that bargain from the flea market, grabbing that discounted new item from the traders' stands, educating yourself at the seminars and exhibitors' stalls, 
or even taking that licence upgrade assessment. The place to be on February 23 is undoubtedly the CCARC Field Day at Wyong. 73 till next week, this is Ed, VK2JI, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Hi everyone, it's Ray, VK4 Charlie Fox with news from the Redcliffe Radio Club. The club will be hosting a microwave test and tune-up day. And by microwave, that's anything above 1 gigahertz. Put an entry in your diary for a 9 o'clock start on the 23rd of February at the Redcliffe and District Amateur Radio Clubhouse, located at McFarland Park in Clingley Road, Kippering, UBD Map 91, Reference G1. Available on the day is spectrum analysis up to 26 gigahertz, weak signal source up to 18 gigahertz, return loss measurements up to 26 gigahertz, noise meter to 2 gigahertz, and sweepers to 18 gigahertz, and much, much more. This is your opportunity to test your 1 gigahertz and up projects using the right equipment and most importantly with the people who will be there to drive them properly and to help you to fix them up. We are combining the day with a 1.2 gigahertz shootout in the adjacent park after lunch. Even if you don't have the gear or are just slightly interested, it's worth a look to see how some of the homebrew creations actually work. The barbecue will be fired up for the traditional slugs and rugs, so please drop in for a chat and a look. And remember, that's the 23rd of February, starting at 9 o'clock. Now also remember, the car boot sale is on Saturday the 1st of February. I know that's also the day that there's a balloon launch, but the car boot sale is starting at 8.30am at the clubhouse, McFarland Park again. Uh, And if you missed all the uh, locations, you can type in Redcliffe Radio Club into your search engine, or just read the text edition of this broadcast. There'll be $3 for a cost of each seller, and we've got quite a few sellers already there, and there will be some bargains to be held. To be had, I should say. Remember, Tech Talk start at 7.30pm at the Clubhouse on the third Monday of each month. And next month, Paul, VK4, Foxtrot, Papa, Papa Radio, will be presenting a um, presentation on listing on HF bands using software-defined radio. This one should not be missed. Well, that's it for now. It's Ray, VK4, Charlie Fox from the Redcliffe and District Amateur Radio Club, Incorporated, 7-3. From VK1 WIA, this is the National News Service. Tune in today, focus on tomorrow. WIA Board Talk. Well, not actually a board talk from members of the WIA Board, but yours truly, Graham, VK4BB, as editor. Chatting through the week with Dale, VK4DMC, and Dale will join us a little later with Felix, he dropped a bombshell right in the middle of the WIA editing suite. He told us that this year's WIA AGM, that's 2014, will be held a little west of the Sunshine Coast at the Etamoga Pub, Palmwoods. Now, one might rightly say, why wasn't the WIA news told? But that's just old and sour grapes. So, after a search on the Sunshine Coast's webpage, that's presuming Skarka hosting, we couldn't locate anything there. A search on our own wia.org.au has a brief date claimer in the calendar, but nothing further. So a trusty Google, and bingo! Bright and bold on VK Ham, we found it. Claim the date, 1718 of May 2014. The WIA AGM 2014 will be hosted by the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club just 100 kilometres north of Brisbane, the capital of the state. 
The conference will be held over the week of 17th and 18th, a week after Barkfest, but the same weekend as Dayton, so some may miss out. Look forward to catching up with as many as possible, VK4TS. Also writing on that post was Jack, VK2AXL, AXL, who asked, Is there a timetable of events, activities worked out yet? The reply... Yes, there is, Jack. The format of the conference is official AGM and members forum Saturday AM, lunch, then speakers Saturday PM, dinner Saturday night, and local site Sunday. And there are several events in the week prior. So there we be, WIA conference May 17-18. We can see we'll have to get the SCARC to carry on the tradition of presenting and handling the WIA News for that Sunday, Sunday the 18th. Hi, I'm Bob Shank, N2OO, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International News with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Cyber security. Small satellite dish systems called ripe for hacking. Thousands of small satellite dish-based computer systems that transmit often sensitive data from far-flung locations worldwide. Oil rigs ships at sea, banks and even power grid substations are at high risk of being hacked, including many in the United States, a new cybersecurity report has found. Japan to test magnetic net that can fish out floating space junk. The Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, JAXA, is teaming up with a company that manufactures fishing equipment to create a net that will sweep the heavens of the man-made debris orbiting our planet. The biggest ham fest in the Caribbean, the second ARRL Puerto Rico State Convention, is on this weekend, January 25 and 26, 2014. ARRL President Kay Craigie, November 3 Kilo November, is there, as well as many other dignitaries. Even a visit to the world-famous Arecibo Observatory, and we hear many USA hams are escaping the frigid winter to attend. Russian over-the-horizon returns with a vengeance. The IARU Region 1 Monitoring System Electronic Newsletter reports a new Russian over-the-horizon radar signal has been heard loud and clear in the 20-metre band. Wolfgang Hattel, DK2OM, is the International Amateur Radio Union's Region 1 Monitoring Service Coordinator. He says that the latest over-the-horizon radar signal was about 10 kilohertz wide when it was heard and recorded on 14.305 and that it kind of sounded a lot like the infamous Russian woodpecker radar system of days gone by. But that's not the only place the new woodpecker-like interference has been heard. Other reports say the latest incarnation of the Russian woodpecker has also shown up on 15 and 10 meters, making a pest of itself on those bands as well. And if that were not enough, DK2OM says that another growing problem out of Russia is the unchecked proliferation of taxi cabs being heard on 10-meter FM. While he did not post any sound file on this one, he did put up a spectrum display photo taken on December 15th. 
It shows 10-meter contest activity between 28.0 and 28.55 megahertz, with many Russian taxicabs operating narrowband FM just above. All in all, not a very good situation for hams living in Europe and other nearby nations. Turning to the ham radio social scene, word that the 22nd annual contest dinner will be held in conjunction with the Dayton Hamvention and will take place on Saturday night, May 17th. The venue will be the Presidential Ballroom of the Crown Plaza Hotel in downtown Dayton, Ohio. This year's Master of Ceremonies will be Contest Hall of Fame member John Doerr, K1AR. Doug Grant, K1DG, who is the co-chairman of WRTC 2014, will be the featured speaker. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Castledon in North Brisbane, it is transmitted on 7.130 MHz at 2300 UTC Saturdays. I'm Paul, VK4, Bobo Golf Tango. From coast to coast, Broome to Batemans Bay, from summit to summit, Mount Tambourine to Mount Wellington, this is the weekly VK1 WIA broadcast. And now making himself comfortable at the microphone is Mr Walk Softly himself, our Anchorman Supreme, Graham Kemp, VK4 Baker Baker. It may be one small step for mankind, but a giant leap for antkind. Around 800 common ants have been sent to the International Space Station to teach scientists how they move in low gravity. Eight colonies, each about the size of a tablet computer, have been set up to teach experts how to build robots which interact with each other. It is because ants inside colonies move according to internalised rules, judging how many other ants are nearby by touching antenna and using their sense of smell. Working together, the ants cover a piece of ground comprehensively to find food and supplies. When their area expands, they change from moving in small circles to scuttling in straighter lines, covering more ground. But in the microgravity of space, the ants' rules are confounded and they have to develop a new set. Video cameras are trained on the experiment and images of the ants are being beamed back to Earth. You can read the full story with pictures at thedailymail.com. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. ZL, VHF, UHF, SHF, DX Weekend Contest, Saturday 1 and Sunday 2 of February. WIA John Moyle Field Day weekend March 15 and 16. WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3. 1010 International Summer Contest August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day The ID Contest August 16 and 17. Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest September. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week 9 days from September 28. ZL, VHF, UHF, SHF, DX Weekend Contest Reminder All bands 6 metres and up on Saturday the 1st and Sunday the 2nd of February For all ZL contests the operating periods are 5pm to 11pm on the Saturday and 7am to 1pm on the Sunday NZ Local Time The contest rules are available on the NZART website 
All contest logs should be sent to arrive within two weeks of the contest. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. On OVK6FLAB got to interview many of the members of the Amsterdam Island expedition as they were ready to sail off to activate FT5ZM. This is a DX community funded operation with a $450,000, yes, $450,000 budget. All of the BK6 FLAB interviews are in MP3 format, are licensed under Creative Commons and can be downloaded from tinyurl.com forward slash Amsterdam island sound. A club that for many years did transmit this national news in VK2 is Westlakes, who, coming up in April this year, celebrate their 50th birthday. No mean feat for a club to be going that many years. In recognition, they have been granted the special call sign VI2ATZ50, which they will be using during April. International Marconi Day is listed as April 26. Hornsby and District Amateur Radio Club will operate VK2IMD on that day. And as I say farewell from England this week, it's across to the Atherton Tablelands for some very exciting news. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. Thanks, Felix. And good day from the Atherton Tablelands. This is Dale, Alpha X-Ray 4, Delta, Mike Charlie for the Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club, Trek in far north Queensland. Let's go back in time to 1914. Some of the events of the time were World War I. Australia entered the war on the 4th of August. Henry Ford introduced an assembly line for the Model T Ford. And the first military aircraft in Australia were flown. Only a few short years earlier than this, Heinrich Hertz and Guglielmo Marconi were experimenting with wireless communications. Wireless experimenters were in most Australian states by 1897, and in 1908, in New South Wales and Victoria, three experimenters applied to the Navy, then the Authority for Wireless, for a licence to transmit. In far north Queensland, two wireless enthusiasts, Marcus Brims and Andy Cooper, living in Mariba, were conducting experimental transmissions and applied to the Postmaster General's Department by then the Australian Licensing Authority, for a licence to transmit. The very first Queensland Amateur Experimental Radio Licence was issued to Marcus Brims on the 7th of February 1914. His call sign was X-Ray Quebec Alpha, X being for Experimental, Q for Queensland, A for the first issued in the state. In 2014, to celebrate 100 years of licensed amateur radio in Queensland, Trek intends to run an award program from the 7th of February to the 6th of August this year. Due to World War I, all amateur radio equipment had to be surrendered to the government by the 6th of August in 1914. After the war, Marcus Brims pursued other interests and his spark gap wireless equipment remained in storage. Trek member Ron Goodhue, VK4EMF, managed to acquire the station, which is in pristine condition, and arrange for it to be on permanent display at the Mariba Heritage Museum. Trek has been issued with a call sign VK4XQA. In addition to the award, 
trek will be operating from Mariba on the 7th and 8th of February this year using the call sign VK4 X-Ray Quebec Alpha. We will be operating from the Mariba Heritage Centre, about 10 metres from the original XQA spark gap transmitter that Marcus Brims used exactly 100 years ago. For further information on the award and frequencies, please go to the text edition of the WIA News. Well, that's your lot again for this week. Once again, don't forget to visit the Trek website at www.treclub.org.au for club information and news. This has been Dale, Alpha X-Ray 4, Delta, Mike Charlie, and you are listening to the WIA News. Travel well. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard through the Amateur Radio Victoria VK3BWI broadcast network each Sunday at 10.30am and 8pm on the two metre repeaters VK3RMM at Mount Macedon and VK3RML Mount Daninong, plus the 80, 40 and 30 metre bands. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Retired astronaut VA300G calls for more space cooperation with China. Retired Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield, VA300G, is calling for more cooperation with China in future space exploration. He also says that he wants this cooperation to be part of an international effort to return to the moon. Ansasat 1 hopes to be the first CubeSat to make use of the 3400 MHz ITU Amateur Satellite Service Allocation. Built by students in an institute in Peru, Ansasat 1 is a 2U spacecraft that's 20 by 10 by 10 centimetres, which will be part of the QB50 constellation of 50 CubeSats. The aims of this CubeSat include upper atmosphere science, radio communication experiments, a technology demonstrator, education training and outreach. The team are proposing a 435 MHz transceiver using BPSK and additional transmitters on 2.4 GHz and 5.8 GHz. And they also hope to have two 30 kilobits per second BPSK downlink on 3.4 GHz However, this will only operate in Region 2, where the spacecraft is over the ground station in Peru. The ITU amateur satellite allocation of 3400 to 3410 MHz is available in ITU Regions 2 and 3, but not currently in Region 1, Europe or Africa, although it's believed that Denmark and Norway have allocated the band to amateur satellite service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. A reminder that a youth net meets on Saturdays at 0100 hours UTC on IRLP Reflector 2. And also a reminder of the Young Hands Net, a frequency of 3.59 at 7.30pm Victorian time. Youngsters on the Air, or Yota 2014, takes place on July the 15th to the 22nd in Finland. And during that week, teams of young radio amateurs from 15 different European countries will be participating in different radio activities such as presentations, competitions, visiting radio stations, workshops, IRDF, etc. 
As the three previous events in Romania, Belgium, Netherlands and Estonia have shown, for the young radio amateurs, it will be a great experience they'll never forget. So, how are the youngsters picked? Well, in the UK, all 300-odd of the RSGB's young members aged 15 to 25 should be receiving a personal invitation to apply for a place on the team. And it's also interesting to note that in the UK, radio amateurs aged 25 and under in full-time education are entitled to free RSGB membership. In Australia, we have a discount, a special uh, student discount, $25. Worldwide special interest groups rescue radio. In the USA, members of Georgia's 4th CERT, the Community Emergency Response Team graduating class, have graduated. Jay Jones is the Country Emergency Management Agency Director, and he says that the country has trained 50 CERT team members in the past two years, with another class anticipated for spring. He adds that the goal is to have CERT members in every major neighbourhood in the country. Formed to provide assistance in times of disaster and community emergencies, members of the new CERT team are also licensed radio amateurs. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Hi, I'm Neil King, VA7DX. You're listening to Victor Kilo One Whiskey India Alpha, VK1WIA. Alrighty, we have it. We have reached the end of WIA National News. I'm Graham VK4BB. This weekend, up round the Townsville Way, the Tark Australia Day long weekend is taking place as I speak at Blue Water. Feb 1 in VK4 is the Redcliffe Radio Club's car boot sale at 9am. Feb 23 in VK2, Wyong Field Day. And April 13, 15, it's PR Amateur Radio Expo. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.